0: Take this job and shove it I ain't working here no more A woman done left and took all the reasons I was working for You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door Take this job and shove it I ain't working here Hey, who put that song in there? What's up with that? Hey, Dan Meller here. This is 48 Days Radio. We're going to be talking about how to love your work. Well, that's one of the old classics talking about how much we tend to hate our work. A whole lot of songs. I'm going to play some other clips here in a little bit. Just have some fun with that because that's a pretty common theme to put in our songs and our poetry and all of that. How much we hate our work. Well, that's not what we do here. That's not what you're here for. You're here to figure out how to take this job and love it. So we'll be talking about that. We got a couple sponsors for our show today. Harry's Razors, Pax Financial. I'll be telling you a little bit more about each of those in just a minute here. Here's some of the questions we want to look at today. How do you monetize wanting to encourage people? How do you mix creativity and encouraging others? Golly, what a great question. I mean, I've exactly what I've done for 25 years getting paid to encourage people, it's not just vast knowledge, it's encouraging people. We'll talk about how you can do that. If that's a natural tendency that you have, you could probably figure out how to monetize that. Absolutely. I'll give you some great examples of conversations I've had just this week. Somebody wants to know, how can I be paid for my rhymes? there's a gentleman named Cliff in the 48days.net community who often writes a little rhyme to go along with a podcast or blog that I've done. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how to start the day, how to start your day out positive and with the things that I do. So here's his rhyme for that podcast episode, telling all about his positive way. Dan gives a view of the start of his day. He says that his power is from his first hour. From there comes the spirit he'll display. Isn't that great? I love that. I got another one I'm going to share with you. But he wants to know how can he take that talent and make some money from that. Now what I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out a couple questions today that I want you to respond to. I mean, you can shoot your answers into Ask Dan at 48 dot I mean, I can pull things off the shelf. I mean, ideas. I certainly have a lot of ideas, but I want to tap into the wisdom that you as listeners so often share and your willingness to help others and just to come up with creative ideas. So that's one of the ones that I'm going to put out there. And I'll give you another example of Cliff's work here in a little bit. Now this, I got this note from a medical doctor. He says, because I'm happy, my situation is a little different from others who write you with hopelessness and despair. I actually like my job. Then he goes on with a great question that we'll discuss. And then Tom wants to know, how can we use an acre of land to bring in some cash other than the obvious option of growing fruit and vegetables in what is a pretty dry area of the country, incidentally? How can we use an acre of land to bring in some cash? Boy, your minds ought to be going wild on that. We ought to be able to come up with 25 ideas for Tom on how he could use that land. And I'm going to hold back on mine to give you an opportunity to share so again, we'll I'll share his question, and you can just shoot your answers in to askdan at 48days.com. Now here's our quotation for today. It comes from Seth Godin. You know I admire Seth's work. He's a great marketer, genius mind, creative thinker. Has a brand new book coming out. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the quotation, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the book he's got coming out. Here's the quotation from Seth Godin. Instead of wondering when your next vacation is, you ought to set up a life you don't need to escape from. All right. We'll just leave it at that. Great thought. Seth has a new book coming out. It's $139. Now, most books don't cost $139. This one's over 800 pages long. Most books these days are going to a shorter format rather than being 240 pages, which is a standard format length in a trade book, hardback book, 240 pages, 72,000 words. Here comes Seth with a book that's over 800 pages long. It's going to be a monster. I ordered one instantly when he put it up. This is the deal. It's a compilation of his best work over the last four years. So it's blogs, articles, notes that he's put out over the last four years. Now the counterintuitive part of this is that any of that is available readily online online on his site. He tells you that. There's nothing new in the book. It's just a compilation of things that he's written and put out for public display. Why would people buy a book? Well, it's a novel idea. It's a chance to have things that are all put together in one place, conversation piece. There's a lot of discussion I mean, that could take place around this book. I can't, it's got a long title and I can't for the life of me remember right off the tip of my head, Tongue, what it is. I should have it in a couple weeks. He keeps talking about the printing process. And so what he did, now this is a novel idea for all of you who are writers out there. You know, you think in terms of, well, if I get a publishing deal, if I could get my ebook up on Kindle, you know, through create space, you know, or have a publisher print my book, you know, I'll be on my way. Well, you got to think creatively in today's environment so Seth's coming along with his 800 page book. And he said, this is only going to be available for those of you who want it. So you tell me if you want it in advance. And then he's going to do one print run. That's it. One print run. So based on the, no, the number of those of us who said, yeah, we want it. We raised our hand at $139. He's printing the books. Now I don't know how many that's going to be, but what he's saying is, so I haven't paid anything for it yet. And so when I do, if there are some left over, if he does actually have some left over, then he'll make them available to the general public at a higher price. But then that's it. Well, let's say that he as a really low print number. Let's say that he only is going to do 3,500. That would be a really low number. And see, Seth is not concerned about having hundreds of thousands of followers. He has a small, loyal, responsive audience. So let's say that he only produces 3,500 copies. Now that's not gonna be something that excites a traditional publisher. Of course, for one thing, they would never publish an 800-page book like he's wanting to do. Anyway, he'll do that himself, but he has committed orders in advance. You know, come to think of it, I think I did pay for it already. I'm pretty sure that I did. So he's already got the money. I haven't seen the book yet. He's got the money to print the books. Let's say that he does 3,500. Now the average sales of a book is about 7,000 copies. That's if a major publisher gets behind it, 7,000. You may have thought, you know, books sell 50,000, 100,000. No, they don't. The average book sells about 7,000 books published by Christian publishers. The average is about 4,000. There are a lot of books that are published out there in some form or fashion that never sell 100 copies. Well, let's say Seth sells 3,500 $139. We're close to half a million dollars there. So let's say if it cost him 10 bucks, even to produce the book, he pulls that out. He still got, you know, $450,000 from this one little idea. That's the kind of ideas that he does just to do things differently, do things creatively. Well, I am going to move on, but uh, I, I love the kind of thinking that Seth does. A lot of you want to know how to, how to think more creatively. That's an idea, how to take a standard old stodgy kind of industry printing books selling books and just do something very different you don't have to have big numbers if you just are very creative in how you do it well let me tell you about a couple of our sponsors here and then we'll move into some of the questions that we've got today well i want to mention my friends at harry's you know that i start my day off every day shaving with my harry's razor just an amazing experience you know it's one of those things that We, as guys do, it's not particularly something we probably look forward to, but it's like brushing your teeth. It's a great way to feel good and look good, ready to start the day. And I know that usually the experience is to go to the drugstore, look at those high-priced things behind a plexiglass case. You don't have to do that. With Harry's, you can get them shipped right to you. You get those German-engineered five-blade cartridges for a close, comfortable shave. Factory-direct prices, come. they cut out the middleman. They own the factory they're selling their blades at what's going to be half the price of the leading brands. So you can start off with a set called the Truman. It's a great option for new customers An amazing deal for just $15. You get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five blade German engineered razors. Plus there's a special offer for you fans of 48 days. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase. When you visit Harry's.com slash 48 days, so just go to harrys.com slash 48 days right now to redeem your offer. And we've got a new company that we're uh, helping to promote here. Pax Financial out of San Antonio, Texas. If you know me, you know, I love real estate. The stock market can be difficult to understand and quite candidly frightening. That's why you should call Pax Financial Group. They want your money to grow, but they will also take risk to the degree you are comfortable You can be conservative or you can be aggressive. Either way, you don't want your money sitting around long-term, not growing and not compounding. That's foolish. I believe you'll really enjoy working with Pax Financial Group. They have a heart of a teacher and don't have that Wall Street yuppity feel. Call Pax Financial Group at 210-881-5700 or visit their website at paxfinancialgroup.com securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC, investment advice offered through Pex Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Now here's the deal. They also have a gift for you. 10 effective strategies to build a money legacy within your grandchildren. Just go to pexfinancialgroupcom slash 48 days. All right, now we started out today's show with a little bit of the old Johnny Paycheck song, Take This Job and Shove It. You know, and that's pretty much the mentality about work in our culture. There have been so many songs. I mean, think about some of the songs that are out there. Now, some of you are old enough. Incidentally, we just did a survey last week. I asked you to take the survey and a whole lot of you did. Thank you so much for your feedback on that. That is so helpful it helped us understand how old you are, what your current work situation is, you know what you'd like to see uh, coming down the pike from us, but the things that are gaps in your career success now. It was extremely helpful. I've spent hours and hours pouring over that. We've pulled together some stats to help us really understand. But anyway, in that, it reminded me that we have a whole lot of listeners who are old enough to understand and remember songs like this you load 16 tons what do you get another day older and deeper in debt st peter don't you call me cause i can't go i owe my soul to the company store there you go tennessee ernie ford you know <laughs> you load 16 ton what do you get another day older and deeper in debt talking about the coal miners don't have a whole lot of that going on but certainly talking about you know working hard you just don't get any better It doesn't get any better. And then, of course, here we've got one. You'll recognize this one instantly. Well, yes, indeed. That's the classic Beatles. It's been a hard day's night. And, and of course, our friend, uh, Tennessee icon, Dolly Parton, you know what she says. You know, some of the actual lyrics in here are pretty profound about how people feel like they're being taken advantage of in the workplace. It just goes on and on and on. Um, Golly, the mamas and the papas. I'll just give you a little bit of this one. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll pull that down a little bit and just talk over it. Can't trust trust that day, Monday. You know, one of my books, of course, is No More Dreaded Mondays, talking about that mentality that we don't enjoy Mondays. Well, you know, even in the Bible, I mean, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, so I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish, yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. Well, you know, I've I've shared about these over the years. I love music, and um, not a fan of how depressing and discouraging a lot of it is. Of course, especially she's living here in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, if you if it's country music, you know somebody is cheating, hurting, or about to lose their trailer, or their dog died. Uh, those seem to be common themes. And I had shared this several years ago and i've certainly talked about it various times over the years but shared it several years ago and said you know could there be a song that is more positive about work well we had a whole lot of people that kind of stepped up to the plate on that and as you know you know our our kind of theme song came right out of that you know todd and emily over a gifty song they came up with a song that is now kind of iconic around here i played it and people responded so positively to it. Now, I'm not getting ready into the show today. I need to stop that because I'm not into the show. I don't want you to think we're over. But we use that as the outro on the show because people responded so positively to it. So, yeah, it's delightful to see things that can be done better, things that can be giving us a better perspective on what work can actually be. I'd welcome the, more songs like that and certainly more rhymes we get all kinds of creative talented people uh, in the listening audience and uh, so make your contribution positive not one that reminds us of how miserable we all are well this comes from here's some stories i want to share this comes from mary harrington who said um, you mentioned in your last podcast you wanted to get your 18 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs in a print list form Ever since, I can't fight the sensation that I should use my gifts and talents to help you since you have begun helping me and have helped so many others. I'm a 23-year-old fellow entrepreneur here in Nashville, Tennessee, working in the music industry. I do social media for some country music artists. As an entrepreneur, I'm constantly teaching myself new skills in order to keep up with the big firms here. One of those skills I've, I've self learned is how to make infographics, which are becoming increasingly popular in today's culture for conveying ideas or steps in an efficient, refreshing way. I've created for you and the 48 Days team an infographic listing the characteristics you described. Feel free to share or use it in any capacity that you like. How delightful! Mary, thank you so much. It's a beautiful graphic. I'll make that available in the show notes. We'll pull that over. It's a PDF and it goes through those 18 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs that I mentioned last week. So thank you. Thank you for your contribution on that. David Soto says, Dan, I've been on a wild journey since first attending Coaching with Excellence in 2014. Now, here's the deal he's working on creative ideas, putting things together. He says, for outdoor active people, there's no better material than merino wool. That's M E R I N O wool. Merino wool, though they're not cheap, they're worth every penny. Here's the problem: I'm six foot seven. None, none of the popular companies that specialize in merino wool make tall size T-shirts, so I'm making my own. I've been in contact with a manufacturer. They've said they can make my tall tees. However, the minimum order is five hundred. I don't need 500, but with some help, I'm able to get an order for 500. So what David has done is put together a Kickstarter campaign. I love these kind of taking action things. A whole lot of you have used Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Um, Been a couple of those we've been following just this last week, but David put together a Kickstarter uh, campaign to get people who are tall to get T-shirts where when you, reach up to get something off the shelf it doesn't show your belly that's the deal so if you go to merino again it's m-e-r-i-n-o merino wool for tall people.com you'll see his campaign that he's got going there to get himself some t-shirts and you can participate and get some for yourself as well if you're one of those tall guys cool i love love what you're doing there david a couple things from 48days.net, uh, Jen McDonough, our voice and director over there, at 48days.net sent over some notes to me. Uh, I've got Kent Julian is coming up with his uh, an event that he's calling Live It Forward Advance, November 11th and 12th. If you go to if you go to liveitforward.com slash advance hyphen 2016, and this is going to be November 11th to 12th. It's to help people know how to put legs on their ideas and move ahead. If you use 48 days as a discount code, it'll give you an additional fifty dollars off. And he's already got a discounted early bird registration. So go to liveitforward.com/advance-2016. Now this comes from Cliff Feitner, who is the one who wrote the little ditty about me last week telling all about his positive way dan gives a view of the start of his day he says that his power is from his first hour from there comes the spirit he'll display now this is what cliff writes i consider myself an amateur poet specializing in limericks i write at least one a day on facebook tom Ziegler has told me that i have several fans among his team probably one of those being my son kevin Cliff says, anyway, I want to know if there's a way to monetize my work, use it as a means to generate residual income. I need a way to get started and to get the snowball rolling downhill. In other words, check it out. He can't even ask a question without doing a limerick. He says, I go to 48days.net asking for help I can get. It is not a crime to be paid for my rhyme. It might help me get out of debt. Is that cool or what? Well, Before I go into ideas on that, y'all have been so gracious about helping with creative ideas like this. A couple months ago, I had the sounds of yesterday that somebody had put together on a CD and was wondering how to really promote that. You guys came through with a whole lot of ideas. Here's another opportunity. How can we help Cliff monetize, get paid for his limericks that he writes? So just shoot your answers in. Like you do everything else, ask Dan at 48days.com. Chris says, I've been a, Chris Puckett says, I've been a long time member, bench warmer, stalking the shadows, and reading post. Uh, I've been a member for a long time. Writing is something I've done since I was a kid. I use it to relieve stress, get ideas and thoughts out of my head, and just generally have a desire to express myself in written form. Boy, a whole lot of you are like that. I mean, we probably have in the creative space, more people that want to write than any other one specific application of creative art. So Chris says, I've, I've stepped up to start taking this writing thing seriously, and I'm working with a great coach. I'm committed to doing what he asked to achieve my goals. I do have a few fears and reservations about publishing my story though. So with that all said, I'm curious, When everyone here first started writing, what was the biggest fear you had to overcome to actually step up and submit your first book, article, or story for publication? How did you overcome that? Thanks in advance for your guidance. Well, again, you can jump on 48days.net and respond to Chris there or send your notes in here. We'll pass them on to Chris. But I started writing. I, I never saw myself as a writer when I was young. I mean, I never took a writing class in college. I mean, I was studying psychology. I started in pre-med initially, then switched to psychology. So I graduated with that, went on to graduate school, psychology, and then my doctoral work. But I never took a writing class, so I didn't see myself as a writer. I started writing just in response to people asking for more than I was offering in the Sunday school class that I was leading. One of the things that I started doing then, I would send articles to the Nashville Business Journal Now, the Nashville Business Journal is a very respected paper that comes out every week in the business community here in Nashville. And I started sending little letters in there, and it really was just a letter to the editor. But now think about how this works. They did not commission me to write an article, but they print op-ed, opinion editorial letters that they get from readers. So I would just send in like five fatal flaws in interviewing. You know, what do you do to get hired in an interview? Or I would write in you know what what is a fifty three year old supposed to do if they 've worked for General Motors for thirty years and then lose their job or retire and you know can 't don 't have enough money to really retire don 't know what to do next. What are they supposed to do with no training, no academic degrees in anything outside of just working on an assembly line in auto manufacturing? What do you do? Well, I started sending those in. they would print them every single time they'd just print them. The reader didn't know if it was a commission article, if it was just an op-ed piece, but because they started then hearing from readers who were saying, hey, we'd like to see more from this Dan Miller guy. I mean, that's exactly how it unfolded. They contacted me and said, would you be interested in writing a regular article for us every week? I said, sure. I did that for four years. I mean, that opened up so many doors of opportunity. They would also promote in the business journal, the free Monday night seminar. Joanne and I were doing that we did for eight years. So they would promote it, and we'd have seventy or eighty people show up at that. Do you think maybe that was able to fill my coaching schedule? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the kind of things that I did. But writing has been an, a very effective tool for me as a marketing tool. I've never had an advertising budget. I've never budgeted to buy billboards or take out radio ads or anything like that, but I've always used writing as a way to get exposure that then leads back to our site. And ultimately people then spend money there. Well, Ofer just to put up a note about wanting to give a shout out to Jen McDonough for sending it up and hosting the virtual community gatherings. So every Thursday night in 48days.net, uh, Jen is hosting one of our coaches there where you can just ask open-ended questions. Um, Kingsley Grant has been on there, Marianne Renner, um, Marcia Travis. But some of our coaches were given all of them opportunities to just rotate through, through the end of the year It's just something we're trying. But yes, absolutely. Thank you to Jen for doing that. Well, you know what, I I need to, uh, let me just pull this in here real quick, just to kind of wrap up that segment, we could go on and on, and it's hard to know these days where to to identify, gee, these are success stories, and these are challenging questions, because there's so much overlap. I mean, a lot of you are presenting your questions, not in a, woe is me, gee, I take this job and shove it kind of way, but you're just saying, you know, I know I need a change, here's some of the things I've already done, so... It's a blend between a success story, I suppose, and a challenge. So we'll, do, we'll just throw that in here for right now and move on. Anyway, thank you for those success stories. If you've got something you want to share, tell us about what you've done. Just send that to me at askdan at 48 dayscom Rebecca says, I've been struggling with a couple major questions over 10 years. How do you monetize wanting to encourage people? How do you mix creativity and encouraging others? I wanted to collect a list of individuals who are successful doing these things so I can learn from them. I'd love to hear a podcast about these things with reference to those who are doing excellent jobs in business as well as encouraging. Well, you've got a lot of questions packed in there into three short sentences, uh, Rebecca, and I love your questions. We're going to, we, we have so many people who are asking about how to, use their writing, how to use their coaching, how to move forward, how to really establish themselves in that. And quite frankly, part of the reason we sent out the survey, you know, one of the questions on there was about how would you feel about having a membership site where we were able to go a little bit deeper in some of these areas with specific guidance, courses, tutorials for how to walk through the process of writing to get a book up and done, or how to start coaching so you can be in that kind of category of some of the other people that you hear me talk about. So we are in fact going to be launching a 48 days membership site. We're working out some of the details. I'm going through Stu McLaren's membership site course right now myself. Um, it's uh, so we're just learning how to do it well, but we'll be launching some ideas on that here in the next 30 days or so. So stay tuned for that. However, in addition to that, let me answer your question. How do you monetize wanting to encourage people? Just this week, every, every week, we get our Coaching Mastery people together. We've got about 85 people in that group, and whoever's available, we jump on Zoom together so we can see each other, talk, and I pose a couple questions that we discuss. My question for this week was, are you finding opportunities to coach in the informal encounters you're having during the week? be prepared to list four or five. So what I'm talking about is how can you turn that conversation at the checkout lane at the grocery store into a coaching opportunity? Or what about the guy who comes back to you know, take care of your plumbing needs and you start talking to him about his satisfaction and what he's doing and at least it opens the door. I mean, we all have those kind of conversations. Now, the most successful coaches I see are people who have a natural affinity for coaching and really, Rebecca, encouraging what you're asking about people who are sought out for their wisdom and advice. I mean, yes, you can learn the principles and techniques for being more effective, but if you're that kind of person that sees opportunities as a coach, even if you aren't in a formal setting, or even if you aren't being paid a fee, I mean, that those are the things to recognize and recognize how naturally you can turn those into actual coaching engagements with people. I mean, I used to resent it when I would get so many requests for lunch appointments. Now, I still have lunch appointments, yeah, usually three or four times a week with a wide variety of people. And I used to think, you know, these people are just trying to get a cheap coaching session. And that's really true. But instead of seeing that as an intrusion, I just changed how I viewed it. I just changed my perspective. I mean, what an opportunity to continually refine my coaching skills and to get a wealth of additional feedback, and to hear the most amazing stories imaginable. So now, even with my schedule very, very full, and while I do refer 99% of my coaching requests onto other coaches, I still continue to have lunch that three or four times a week with people needing direction. I've recognized that's just part of who I am. I mean, I can't have lunch with anyone, no matter how it's set up, without drifting into the natural coaching that I love to do. I mean, I don't take off one hat and become another person at certain times of the day to be a coach. I'm just a coach. you know. So if my kids' friends are around, I'm asking them, you know, hey, where do you see yourself three years from now? How are you going to get there? Just yesterday, after lunch, I whipped into Home Depot. And young kid, probably mid-20s, and his girlfriend walking across the parking lot. And man, he went out of his way and he says, geez, that is the coolest car, you know, I've ever seen. He said, I would just die to be driving a Corvette. And I said, well, what are you doing to make that come into reality? I had a three minute conversation with him. I said, what are you doing right now today to make it possible for you to drive the kind of car you see me driving? We had a great conversation. Now, Unfortunately, he's not doing a whole lot to move him toward that other than just wishing, hoping and dreaming. But I naturally go into that role. I'll be in a coach with somebody. So I no longer resent it or feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I just see it as an opportunity to be generous and to develop my listening and coaching skills even more. Now, yesterday on our coaching call, some of our coaches were sharing things that they're doing where just informal encounters have turned into profitable coaching opportunities. One gentleman is coaching a young man who has a health and fitness routine. Because it is proven to be successful, they know this gentleman, our 48 Days Coach, is working with this young man and has now taken an equity position in his company in lieu of coaching fees to help him do a national rollout. They've got this coaching, this uh, fitness program where if a company uses it, it will lower their insurance premiums by like 30 to 40%. That's a pretty strong sales presentation and they're looking now to do this online to leverage what the guy can do, doing it personally to move it online and to do a national rollout on that. Now, does this guy, our 48 days coach, have some experience, expertise in that area? Yeah. The last little company he built, he sold for over a hundred million dollars. He's now coaching, but seeing an opportunity with this young man, instead of just saying, you need to pay me X number of dollars, he took a position in the company where the return on that five years from now could make him a whole lot more millions of dollars with the way that it's going, I mean just a natural kind of engagement. Boom, but came out of a conversation. He was having this with this young guy about the health and fitness program that he has got another gal who was visiting her mom in the hospital. Her mom was struggling with very serious illness and she would visit. She would take really detailed notes about what was going on with her mom and helping with her mom's care. The kidney specialist, the doctor, what's this kidney specialist called? I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, the kidney specialist asked her, she said, you're here every day. You are so on top of what happens. You're so positive. You're so encouraging. You dress like a million bucks. What do you do? And this young lady told her she's a coach. She helps people create a strategy and get their lives in order. This doctor said, what would it take for you to work with me for a year? She said, I've got all kinds of business ideas. I'm scattered. I don't have anything sorted out. I'm just on this wheel, same thing day after day. How much would it be for you to work with me for a year? And this young coach stood tall and said, $50,000. And the lady said, how soon can we start? That was a response, a natural conversation. In a hospital room, what would it take to work with you for a year? $50,000, when can we start? Another gal talked about the fact that she contacts nonprofits when they open and offers to do a session, a free session on understanding personality profiles. She's done that for a long time. And invariably, it leads to then consulting opportunities in those organizations. So how do you monetize wanting to encourage people? How do you mix creativity and encouraging others? Again, that's all I've done for 25 years. You can do that. Rebecca, if people are asking you for your advice and opinion, but you do have to be strategic. Now there's a four-part process. You've heard me talk about it here. That is the sales process. 40% of selling something is developing rapport and trust. 30% is identifying the need of the person you're talking to. 20% is product presentation or sharing the benefits and features. 10% is gaining commitment. So you develop rapport and trust. You identify their need. You provide a solution, but then there is that 10%. Now, this is not some strong arm, you know, knocking on doors, selling some kind of thing. Not at all, but you do have to be intentional about closing that commitment. So you can talk to somebody about, you know, coaching so on and so forth and when you get to that point, you can ask them knowing what you know now about the coaching process. Is there anything that would keep you from starting right now? you will be amazed. I mean, 60% of the people will say, no, I guess not. Let's go. But you have to ask for it. You can't expect people to just deposit money in your bank account. You have to ask for it. So be strategic, but know that it's based on developing relationships, desire a heart to serve people to minister well to people but it's a natural progression right into being paid well for that incidentally i do have a pdf it's just a free resource 10 tips for getting your first coaching client where i walk right through how to do that if you just go to 48days.com clients you can get that now here's a question this is um this is a little lengthy but i'll I'll go through it quickly here this comes from a, a doctor Uh, his name is David and he says, Dan, I've been a long time listening to your podcast. I started listening over two years ago when I was in a bad spot. I'm an endocrinologist, a doctor specializing in treating people with diabetes and hormone disorders. I hated my position and was looking for a way out. However, it's not that easy when you want to stay in the same geographic area. I followed your advice, and rather than just applying for jobs that were available, I wrote to a large group that I respected that did not have an endocrinologist. And after two meetings and some negotiation, they hired me. That was 15 months ago, and I couldn't be happier. I love where I work, and since I'm in a better frame of mind, I have less stress, more time for working on myself. I'm training to run a 5K in a few weeks, and I finished my training run this morning in 48 minutes. Rock and roll. So David says, because I'm happy, my situation is a little different from others who write to you with hopelessness and despair. I actually like my job. However, I sometimes feel that my patients, especially my diabetes patients need more hand-holding than I can provide in a 15 minute office visit. Sure. I can adjust their medications, but I can't really delve deep into their psyche and figure out what the real underlying problems are. I think some of these people need coaching. I would love to be that coach. That's my question. I think that I would like to work part time as a life health coach for people with diabetes. I've searched online and can only find nurses or dietitians or sometimes just people who have diabetes working in this field. I believe I would be the first physician to do this. Do you see this as a viable business opportunity or just a conflict of interest? I would want to do this outside of insurance so clients would pay me directly. I'm also looking to do it part time, don't need this to be my full time source of income. Although having a little bit of extra money each month would be nice. And perhaps in the future, I could leverage my information into passive income. David, all right, let me tell you about my friend, Dr. Phil Carson. Dr. Phil Carson is a pharmacist, but he started clinics for diabetes patients only. So the supplies were diabetes only, started mail order, then went to retail bricks and mortar facilities built that into a company but his real passion was to get people off diabetic medication not to secure them to be on it for the rest of their lives his commitment is to get people off of it to teach them how to be healthy he does the feeling good podcast his site is carsonnatural.com carsonnatural.com carson natural health and wellness consulting Now, Phil is working with me. Phil is in my mastermind. He's a brilliant guy, just a delightful guy to be around. But he has taken me as a pharmacist with medical issues, not wanting to just prescribe more pills. I've gone through DNA testing. I just did my second adrenal stress testing, had massive improvements over a six-month period working with Dr. Phil. I'm thrilled about it. Taking no medications, just some natural supplements, changing a few things in my diet, exactly the kind of things that you're talking about here. But connect with Phil. Go to carsonnatural.com. You can email Phil at just phil at carsonnatural.com. He's doing exactly what you described doing. You better believe it. You can go from where you are to where you described that you want to be. That's a great transition. I mean, I wish we had more physicians who were interested in prevention rather than just surgery and drugs when things get bad well well let me move on here um Wes says uh, your podcast and books have been a great inspiration and encouragement to me thanks for all you do i'm curious what are your thoughts regarding etsy as a way of profiting from producing handmade goods would you recommend other models for monetizing the skills of a craftsman yes i would now etsy i love etsy i mean it's a great resource to put your things up there and sell them. Now, here's the deal. When we talk about things, and I don't know exactly what you're making, but if you're making birdhouses or you're making, you know, I don't know, little widgets of some kind, or you're you're doing art, you're limited because you have something that's very labor intensive. So there's a ceiling immediately to what you could actually produce. You've heard me talk about people who have taken crafts that they're doing. And turn the corner by just using a different model. You've heard me talk about um, my friends at libertyjane.com where they she was making doll clothes and she was so overwhelmed with people wanting the beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous doll clothes she was making that she started making patterns instead. Cinnamon and Jason Miles. I was trying to think of their name. Cinnamon and Jason Miles libertyjane.com. So she now does no clothes at all. She simply does patterns. Well, you see what happens. She switched instantly from linear to residual income. So she can be selling product, delivering product while she sleeps because she's delivering patterns, not the actual product. Now, there are a whole lot of people who've discovered that. I mean, if you make gorgeous birdhouses, I've got a birdhouse in here and the other room where i'm going to use it joanne suggested using it where you open the door and then have in there markers and an eraser for our dry erase board and we're going to do that have a cute little thing but anyway if you're making cute little birdhouses, and you're locked into producing a physical product whereas if you do patterns for those you can open the door and have really no limit to what you can what you can do how you can scale that business Todd says, I listen and look forward to your weekly podcast. It's so encouraging. I need your guidance. I'm a huge car guy like you. In fact, I've worked in parts sales for over 30 years at dealerships, 14 of those in management. I love cars, but so desperately want to leave the dealership arena and transition into something else. But what I don't know, I can't seem to see or determine how my knowledgeable or knowledge or skills could position me for something else. I want to set myself up where ultimately I can generate income and Swiss dollars like yourself. I like public speaking, training, teaching, and sales. I need a new set of eyes to see what I'm not seeing. All right. Well, yeah, I love your question, uh, Todd, and I love what you uh, what you want to do. Uh, I've talked recently about the fastest growing group of millionaires in the United States are Russians, and primarily because of how they're taking over junkyards, kind of, kind of work that a lot of Americans don't want to do. They're taking over junkyards and are becoming millionaires because of that. I mean, again, think about the model in the car business for that. You're going to pay me to take your car off your hands. And then I'm going to get paid for every piece on that car when I resell it to other people. I mean, what an amazing business model. And they're coming over seeing that and saying, wow, this is like, you know, too, too good to be true. Well, other things you could do, obviously, you can flip cars. If you do that, I would encourage you to specialize in one particular kind of car. So you become known as the go-to guy for that car. Uh, you could help other people sell their cars. That's a big issue. You rent a vacant lot in your town. Allow people to park their cars there, sell. Then charge a flat weekly rate that they pay in advance. We could go on. Again, one of those where I'd love more input. I've got a lot of ideas on that. But certainly, just make a list of 20 things that you could do that would embrace your itch or being in the car business that would not require you to do the traditional kind of things that you describe. You've been doing now. Now this one, uh, and this will be our last one. Tom says, Dan, our family's moving to a new home on about two and a half acres. We would love to use about an acre of this to generate some revenue. Since you're the master of creative ways to generate income, any thoughts on how to use an acre of land to bring in some cash other than the obvious option of growing fruit and vegetables, since water is such a premium here in Southern California. Thanks for all your assistance. That comes from Tom. So that's the deal. That's your challenge. That's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? How can Tom make money on one acre of extra land where it's pretty dry? And how can Cliff make money from his rhymes? Now, also, Hey, I want to remind you, you know, we've talked a lot about coaching here. We've got people that are, that are registering for our coaching with excellence in January. The next one is in January. And it looks like it's about half full at this point. It's not too early to grab a seat if you want to come to that to really know how to turn your encouraging other people into a profession where you can hold your head high and make significant income. So if you're interested, check that out. Also, it's going to be a blink of an eye until we got the cruise coming up. The The Ultimate Advantage Cruise, living well, doing good. Learning how to thrive financially well. Doing the good deeds that you want to do around the world. Those are things we're going to be talking about on that cruise. Well, hey, always a delight, you know this is a highlight of my week to open that magical mailbox, see your questions. Have this opportunity for 48 minutes to talk about these real life situations where we do provide hope and encouragement. My goodness, there's not a situation you could present where We can't collectively come up with something that would be a hopeful, encouraging solution for you to pursue. Just too many opportunities out there. There are too many things that you can do to find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. There really are. I mean, it's just, you know, i mean, in the lunch meeting that I'll have here in a little bit after recording this show. You know, young man who feels like he's really kind of trapped in what he's doing, we aren't going to leave lunch like that. Guarantee you we're going to have 15 ideas about things he can walk out and do tomorrow that would put him on a, on a different path. I want you to have that confidence. Let us know what we can do to, to help you have that confidence or provide resources for you. Check out in the um, show notes. I'll have that infographic with that uh, Mary provided for us with the 18 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs. Cool kind of thing other resources that we talked about we'll have those listed as well and then let me know how can cliff make money from his rhymes and how can tom make money on one acre of gonna land where it's kind of dry i can't wait to get your ideas i'll have a bunch of them ready by next week can't wait to hear your ideas as well have a great week